Welcome to another episode of the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. This, of course, is the Waiver Wire Show. I am Callan, joined always by my good friend, AJ Passman. AJ, please tell me that week five, outside of the scores, treated you better than it treated, treated me. Oh, week five was pretty good. I mean, I I was watching stuff from the beach too, so it can't be too bad. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm I I won more than I lost, so that that's always a good week. Yeah, I can't say the same. And then my Steelers got absolutely trounced, so it was a not the most fun week in the world. But hey, can't expect too much more than we're getting out of a rookie quarterback. So let's just let's just move on from that and talk about some works. <laughs> no, works man, Callan, in, in, enjoy the ride, you know, just you, you get a chance to see what you've got. Um, can, Hey, can he pick it through it 52 times? He's doing like his Joe Flacco impersonation over there in Pittsburgh. No, in all seriousness, can he pick it? He's in, you can impress as much as a rookie quarterback can impress when he only scored three points, but he's showing something at least where I'm like, okay, there's maybe something in there, but I don't think people came here to listen to us talk about Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Although, hey, George Pickens, that's finally becoming a thing. I think we hit the nail yeah. on the head on that one. But uh, there's some exciting names coming up this week, especially with some key injuries. But before we dive into the names, just as a general reminder, we have hit the bye weeks. This week is our first week where there will be players on bye. We have four teams, the Detroit Lions, the Las Vegas Raiders, Tennessee Titans, and Houston Texans, all who will be on bye week this coming week. So there are some key players who will be out. Your quarterbacks, you got a couple running backs who've been, been starting, wide receivers, tight ends. You're going to have players you're going to need to replace. So this is a good, as good a week as any for you to jump in on your fab. Do you have any, I guess, general, when you're on bye weeks, do you have any sort of general tips when it comes to fab? Do you like to try and stash players, or how do you approach it, when, or is it any different when there's buys? Oh, it, it definitely is. I mean, I, I mean, especially when I'm looking at at who who to grab on waivers and how much how much fab is going to go into it. Um, you know, the first thing I look at is how many kind of highly rostered or starting players on each team are on buy. So this week, I, you know, it, it's pretty well spread around, particularly between running backs and wide receivers. But um, the running backs is what I feel like uh, more. There, there's going to be a little bit more action around running backs with uh, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Josh Jacobs, um, I almost said Hunter Henry, uh, but Derrick Henry <laughs> and Damian Pierce. I mean, those are all running backs who are probably starting or, you know, in your flex um, at, at least with Jamal Williams. Um, and so you've got five right there and then you have, you know, a couple additional injuries coming off of that. You know, it's just with the scarcity of the running back position that that's where I'm looking in particular um, for for weeks like that. So I'm looking at a little bit of that positional scarcity um, and then also just kind of evaluating where where my team is in comparison to uh, the rest of the league with record and also who I'm playing. So you can start to play a little bit of that game. But I feel like when you get into week six, Callan, it's like. You know, I want to I want to try to manufacture wins if I'm, you know, at 500 or worse. So this is where I start to just go. Uh, you know, you reach a little bit further to um, try to replace, uh, you know, replace the starter who is on by or somebody who got banged up. But especially as the buys kick in, that, that that's that's kind of how I approach it. Um, so, you know, it, it's at this point in the season where I think like a lot of the big spenders for fab, you know, with whether it was Jeff Wilson or you know, Mike Boone last week or something. A lot of those guys are out. And so I think you can be a little bit strategic, 
But at the same time, this is, I, I feel like this is where half of your league is going to end up with, you know, half, half of their, uh, half of their fab budget by the end of the season still. So I think, uh, you know, you might as well start spending it now. And I think this transition, that's perfectly you talk about the scarcity at running back, the injuries that leads us perfectly into the top waiver priority of the week and possibly of the season this week. And that is Kenneth of Kenneth Walker. Last week we saw uh, Rashad Penny. Stop me if you've heard of this before. He left the game with an injury and I shouldn't, you know, poke some sort of fun of it. It's a season ending fractured tibia. You feel for the guy. This is someone who we've been high on in the fantasy industry for years. We've always wanted to see what he can do when he gets the full workload. And he finally got it this season. And once again, he's going to go on season-ending IR and miss the remainder of the season. But this makes for some really, really exciting free agents pickups with Kenneth Walker. Last week after uh, after Penny got hurt, he finished with eight carries, 88 yards, a touchdown. He's been really He's been good, and he has the draft pedigree. He was a for, for a second-round pick from last year. We kind of thought he would mix in. Some people had already stashed him, hoping that he eventually would take over. Now is the time for that. I mean, AJ, I'm, we've talked about potential league winners in this show, and we've mentioned a couple names, but if you need a running back at this point, I don't see how there could be many other better positions, situations that come out than, well, what's going to look like Kenneth Walker has this, this coming week? Well, I, you know, at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the season, I wasn't that excited about uh, Ken Walker because Geno Smith was supposed to be horrible, right? But he's been—I mean, he's—he's he's made their offense. You know, um, uh, I mean, he's—he's he's certainly saved the fantasy outlook of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, um, and Rashad Penny was part of that too. You know, just last week going for 150 yards um again yeah so it, it's such a bummer it's the it's the same old song unfortunately but um yeah i i mean i i think that that walker is clearly just this guy that you know he when, when he came in um you know i i would say you know th- there, there's going to be a little bit of of, of rookie rust there's going to be a little bit of that kind of learning curve um you know he, he he rushed eight times for 88 yards one of those was a 69 was his 69 yard touchdown um so if you look at the other carries you know seven rushes for 19 yards not super impressive but they did turn to him and i think that you know that um you know you don't chase t- touchdowns, but you don't ignore them, you know, so we can't, we're not going to knock the guy for having a 69 yard touchdown. So um, to me, it's really simple. It's just whatever fab you have. Um, this is the time that, that you just dump all of it on Ken Walker because he's, he he's in the perfect place to be the every down back for, for Seattle offense that is currently humming. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Arizona coming up in week six. So even just like in the first week, it's going to be such a, such a great uh, spot for him to get his first start. And, you know, he, he he's, um, he, I, I think he plugs in, you know, at worst right now is like a mid RB two, but I think he's mm-hmm. got that RB one potential from week to week. And you were talking about the 2.7 yards per carry outside of the long touchdown run. You want to know why I'm not concerned about that? They're playing the Saints. The Saints have a pretty dang good defense, so they're going to stop a lot of good running backs. Like you said, the Cardinals are coming up. That's not a good offense. And you saw last week, um, and when it came down to it, he was the main guy. DJ Dallas was the next guy up who only played in 19% of snaps, only had about 4% of the carries. So the ball went straight to Kenneth Walker, and they did not turn it over. They weren't doing any sort of mix. 
Pete Carroll always seems to like to have that bell cow, that one lead guy, and that's going to go right to Kenneth Walker. So you probably save some fab. There haven't been as many like you know the high priority guys that have come out outside of Jeff Wilson. This is the guy to go spend it on. This could be a potential league winner, season changer for if you if you're at the top of your priority or if you have fab to spend, go get him. You go make that change. But if you don't have the need at running back, if you don't think you're going to be able to forward Kenneth Walker, there's still some interesting names to be brought up. There's still some people who have that upside to help turn your season around. And one of the guys you're going to transition us into, AJ, is a guy whose name I don't want to keep having to bring up on the show. Well, you know, we, we've brought him up every week. And, uh, you know, it, 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 you mentioned the Saints, and it hurts even worse being a Falcons fan. But uh, uh, Taysom Hill, he he's, uh, he's back in our lives. You know, he just um, he doesn't want to go away. He keeps coming around, um, showing up in the driveway, just wants to play. Um, but, you know, with with Chris Olave, with Chris Olave uh, getting a concussion uh, in 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 week five with Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas, you know, all, you know, missing weeks, all banged up. Um, I mean, Taysom Hill uh, certainly certainly made you mad if you're an Alvin Kamara manager. Uh, because he got uh, he got a lot of short uh, distance work. He got um, work around uh, around the red zone and uh, scored three three rushing touchdowns, uh, 112 yards, including a, I, th- I think a 60 yard run. And just to top that all off, don't forget he's a quarterback. Um, another uh, one completion and 22 yards to tight end Adam Troutman. Uh, so I mean, it was just. It, the the thing with Taysom Hill is as long as he is uh, a tight end, and especially if he, if if he's going to continue to be utilized, he he will probably burn you some weeks. I know there you might be listening to this, and after a great week one, maybe you threw Taysom Hill in as your starting tight end or in as a flex, and you got nothing for a couple weeks. Well, you're going to get that. But the thing is, is you're going to get that from tight ends anyway. So if you don't have a solid tight end. Why not take just, I mean, he is, I hate to call him a cheat code, but he really is. As long as he has that tight end eligibility, which he still does, um, I know in Yahoo and Sleeper, um, and he's still lining up there, um, he can get you running back numbers. He can get you quarterback numbers in the tight end spot. So it's just, it it it, it breaks the system. Uh, you know, he's he's like, he's like Neo in the Matrix, you know, beginning to believe uh, if, uh, if anybody on here is old enough to have watched that, but, uh, but yeah, dude, he's, I, 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 I can't say don't go for him just because, because the tight end position is so scarce. Uh, I, I, are you willing to take the plunge again? I'm willing to take the plunge and it's another matchup, you know, against Cincinnati that he can do something. And let's face it. Well, ever since Jameis Winston's been out the past couple weeks, he's always been used, but it's just continues to be increased. So, um, if Jameis Winston comes back, you might have to temper some expectations. Like you said, now if Olave gone and Thomas banged up, although it sounds like he might be back this week, there's room for him to still get the ball and still get passes thrown to him. And even though he shouldn't, and he's a bane of fantasy managers and you know, Alvin Kamara managers hate him and Chris Olave managers hate him because that's passed to go to him, but it he's used. They have a thing for him and he's clearly, he won them the game last week in Seattle. So, I'm willing to take the plunge because, like you said, you bank at tight end at the point of just hoping someone catches a touchdown. Taysom Hill is almost a guaranteed touchdown at this point, whether he's running for it, throwing it, catching it. I don't know, but he's going to score a touchdown somehow. So I'm willing to take that plunge and 
you know, if you need a tight end, I don't know how many people on waivers can do better for even Taysom Hill. But the next guy who I want to dive into is going back to the running back position, and it has something to do with some. It's, it's, we talk about Seattle, and this guy team is going to be playing Seattle this coming week, and that's Eno Benjamin and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they have James Conner, but you know what? He's banged up. He left the game, dealt, was dealing with some rib injury. It's another similar situation to Rashad Penny. Stop if you heard me before, but James Conner's dealing with an injury now. They also lost Daryl Williams for an extended period of time on Sunday due to a knee injury. They also lost Jonathan Ward to injury. So at some point, we had earlier in the season the talk of, oh, is it Daryl Williams? Is it Eno Benjamin if something were to happen to Connor? Guess what? Now it's not even a question anymore. Now it's Eno Benjamin. All these guys who are banged up, he's going to get the balls. And he, you know, he played fine. He got four targets in the backfield, which that'll play for a running back. And, you know, if you're starting with an RB2, and when he got the balls, carries eight carries, 25 yards, touchdown. Solid game, but it was against, again, a good Philadelphia Eagle defense. So now you go out to Seattle a team that doesn't have exactly that great of a defense, a team that his offense has been clicking against a bad defense. They're going to be a lot of points potentially scored in that matchup. And if you can get the starting running back for either team in that matchup, and you don't want to spend big on Kenneth Walker while it won't be as long-term an injury, you know, Benjamin's a good stash cannon. He's proven to a point where he can carry the workload. He can get some bomb. He's not going to be, he doesn't have the upside of Kenneth Walker, of course, but you know, if you need a desperate play for this week, you can do a lot worse for Eno than Eno, Eno Benjamin. Yeah, he, I mean, Seattle hasn't been able to stop anybody. And with uh, with James Conner, you know, re- reportedly, he uh, Conner was already kind of wearing that the beefed up, you know, protection for his ribs, something he's dealt with last season. Um, and, you know, he, he, he kind of gets a knock for being a little bit injury prone prior to this year, but you know, he, he has dealt with, he has dealt with injuries. So seeing the ribs, you know, that I, I think Cliff Kingsbury said, you know, that they want to be cautious with him, which might, you know, mean that they, that they let him sit for a week. Um, and, and of course, Daryl Williams going out with a knee injury and not coming back. That's typically not a good sign for, um, you know, the, for the week following that injury. So yeah, I, I, I think, uh, Eno Benjamin is kind of my, uh, Kenneth Walker consolation prize this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if, if I, if I don't get Ken Walker, then, you know, I'm, I'm putting in again, knowing that this is a bye week um, this is where I'm probably putting in a little bit more than I typically would, um, you know, for a, for a spot start. So especially if I need a running back, you know, this is where I would get into that even 15%, range for for somebody like uh you know benjamin because uh i i feel i I mean i I definitely keep um you know keep keep looking at at reports on tuesday to see if anything comes out about james connor's availability um he but if he plays i think he'll be limited um maybe on a snap count so um i do like you know benjamin there i almost wish he hadn't scored a touchdown so he'd be a a little bit more under the radar Uh, but still you know he's only 16 percent rostered in uh, sleeper leagues and uh, he's uh, 10% rostered in, in Yahoo league. So he's definitely still available, but again, there might be a little bit more for him uh, for some of your other fantasy man- managers out there. So again, love Arizona's matchup with Seattle. And the, uh, the, the next guy that I'm going to mention is Rondale Moore also in Arizona. Uh, both Ke- uh, Cal and I liked him last week as, as a pickup. Um, and I think if if you grabbed him and started him in, started him in your, in your flex, I think he had, he had a pretty good week. 
Um, and he, he paid off for that. He's still under 50% rostered. Um, but what I really liked this last week is he went back to the slot with AJ green back available, went back to the slot. Um, and I don't think that, I, I don't think his role is in any danger. He's, uh, he's playing a ton of snaps as long as, as long as Rondell Moore stays healthy, um, then I think that he is going to be fine. And particularly with like, if Darrell Williams or Darrell Williams, it, you know, as maybe more of a pass catching back. Um, I think, you know, Benjamin can, but I think Rondell Moore is a little bit of a better option um, and could even be called on to, to, to have, uh, you know, some kind of uh, designed runs. So um, I like Rondell Moore, even when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, because I think that'll free him up as well. Um, I, I, I would prioritize, you know, Benjamin just again, because of the position, but still, I think Rondell Moore is, almost criminally under rostered here for just the potential that he could have in this offense. If they really get, get humming. The, the big highlight to me in that was like you said, besides being in slot 91% of the snaps he's on the field. So he's right back in this offense and he's showing he is the main guy. And I completely agree with you that even when Hopkins comes back, it's more likely AJ green takes loses out on some snaps. I think they find a way to keep Rondo more involved, especially like you said, if the running back injuries, persists and they have to design some runs to him i completely agree i think rondell moore is a a great ad and if you need a receiver i think he is the the highest priority among receivers for me but a close second would be the one player who looked good on thursday night football but didn't play for the defense and that's alec pierce we kind of had going into this season who's going to be the number two in indianapolis you knew michael Pittman was going to be the one but Alec Pierce has been a very, very close second, and almost you can almost say he may even be the one at this point. He t- led the team in target share last week with 25% of the targets. He finished the game with nine targets, eight receptions, 81 yards, continues to increase. He can t- Each week, he's getting more targets. He's getting more and more involved in this offense, and he's kind of emerged as the rookie out of, a, out of Boston College at being this being a key part of his offense and he's developing that chemistry with Matt Ryan. The Colts have shown that they're going to be a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. They have not looked good. So that just means a lot more throwing of football. And that means a lot more targets for Alec Pierce. We didn't know how involved Paris Campbell was going to be. That's not too much. The, the one thing that I'm would say I'm slightly concerned about it's he doesn't have the same snap share as Rondell Moore. He only had played 59.5% of the snaps, which is still good. But what happens when Jonathan Taylor comes back? What happens as this offense gets starts clicking a little bit more? Does Pierce start losing out on some work or is he kind of emerged? So I do like him. And like you said, with all the bye weeks, I think he is a very solid flex play this week. But I wonder, like you said, is this going to be a, uh, you know, as the team gets healthier, as they start clicking more, does this continue? I, I'm I'm hesitant, but I think he's a very good play this week. Well, here's the great thing is we don't need Alec Pierce to be a wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two. Um, and man, the Colts have looked so bad. And I, I, I did not imagine when I was, when I was going back over, over all, all my analysis and, and all the stats that I would be recommending anybody on the Colts offense. But I mean, Alec, Alec Pierce, nine targets, you know, um, he's getting peppered with those targets and yeah, I mean, Pittman is the one, but I mean, it, either Matt Ryan can't find him. Um, he's maybe he's, he's too quick to check down. Ryan has not looked good. Um, or Pittman, you know, is maybe, you know, not I, for whatever reason that offense 
Matt Ryan is now kind of defaulting toward maybe what's probably his second option there in Alec Pierce. So um, I think he has established himself as that wide receiver too. I can't imagine the offense getting much worse. Um, And, you know, with, and I do think with Jonathan Taylor coming back, um, you know, that, that is a question mark of just how much the offense, um, how, how much the Colts are even going to pass. Um, but I, I do think that there's value there in kind of the second receiving option there in, in Indianapolis. So, yeah, I like Alec Pierce. Um, again, you know, it, I, I think that, um, you know, coming as as a as a flex option, he's definitely um, a, a great option there. So when you're getting that kind of target, um, when you're getting that kind of attention, from from your quarterback you know that that, that's a great thing to slide in especially as these bye weeks um keep coming keep coming up so um you know definitely you know the injuries to to their running backs to to jonathan taylor and even naheem hines you know is going to affect this a little bit um but yeah i'm with you there i i I think that that he's a good um you know he's probably number five on this list for me um and there there are a couple guys that that are close to this um, but yeah, I, I agree. Alec Pierce, that that's my number five. Um, a couple other guys that, and that I'm thinking through, um, you know, so, somebody who just, just didn't make the list was Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo. Um, didn't play in week five. And we saw Khalil Shakir, who is a little bit further down this list, but I, th- I, I think that he's really, uh, it, you know, yet another rookie, you know, kind of explodes uh, for a, uh, for his breakout game. But I think that, you know, that's with Jake Kumaro out. That's with Dawson Knox out at tight end and them splitting snaps between, you know, two or three other, uh, other tight ends. That's with Isaiah McKenzie out. Jamison Crowder's on IR. So I think that if, if Isaiah McKenzie comes back in week six and is able to play, then I think that he is a really nice uh, sneaky play who maybe people won't be looking at because they don't have that, you know, short-term memory of what just happened. So um, I, I don't know. Do, do you have any other, any other players you're kind of, uh, you kind of have your eye on if you don't get these top five? I'm curious about this, uh, this Randall Cobb usage in Green Bay. I don't know how uh, active I'm going to be trying to get him, but He's continued to be used more and more each week. Last week, he had led the team with 33% target share. And we know that Aaron Rodgers always seems to like his guys. He had this conversation early in the year about uh, not trying how much he trusts the rookie receivers or things like that. 13 targets this week is not something to to sneeze at. And I think that um, I'm not rushing out to get it because I still... I'm hesitant with that. I still think that Romeo Dobbs ends up ahead of him. I still think Alan Lazard's a higher priority for Rodgers in that offense overall. But if you're in a desperation play this coming week, I don't think you can do so bad. A tight end that um, I've got my eye on completely this week for not just streaming, but long-term this season, it's Hayden Hurst. And it's, you know, we had last week or two weeks ago when I couldn't remember who was on what team of Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper, but now I know Hayden <laughs> Hurst is a Bengal, and it's another consistent three of three or five weeks this week. He, this year he's had seven or more targets. Last week he it's two straight weeks now with a touchdown. We know the Bengals are going to be throwing the ball a lot, and Joe Mixon has looked fine, but Zach Taylor is committed to having Burrow throw the ball thirty to forty times each and every week, so. The volume is there, and I think that Hayden Hurst has fallen right into that, you know, right outside of the top 10, top 12 tight ends where 
you know, he's getting into that conversation we had earlier about Gerald Everett, you know, one of those tight ends that you could just be fine in the back end starting week in, week out now at this point. And, you know, more volume he gets, more consistent he is. And I think that he's someone I'm definitely, if I'm need need for a tight end, you're now losing Hawkinson and Darren Waller this week. You definitely, that's two tight ends that are going to be replaced in almost every league for in your almost every one of your fantasy leagues. So I think that Hayden Hurst is a name to circle if you're in desperate need for a tight end or if you just want a streamer. I think he's a very, very good play this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, l- last week we, we we threw out uh, Hayden Hurst and Hunter Henry. Both, both I think, especially, I mean, especially Hurst. Um, but both of those worked out really well. I think the difference between... Uh, those two this week is if John o. Smith comes back, then I don't like Hunter Henry as mm-hmm. much. Um, and I do think Hayden Hurst, you know, for whatever, whatever the Bengals offense is, um, you know, their and their offensive line has, has not been that upgrade that they were hoping for. Um, so well, I think we're seeing, you know, a, a little bit of a come down for an offense uh, that surprised everybody last year. And I think we're seeing Joe Burrow, you know, Maybe maybe finding a little bit of a security blanket there with Hayden Hurst. So, um, yeah, I, I I think that you know Hurst and Taysom Hill are definitely the the tight end streamers that that we would have talked about um, in a second. You know, we, I, I mentioned the Colts with Alec Pierce. Um, if if Jonathan Taylor, who, who uh, there's optimism that that he'll suit up, but um, if Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines both end up out, you know, Deion Jackson season, man. Uh, that then that that's that's a name I I could be looking for uh, you know a little bit later in the week if if those um, or you know grab them and kind of see what happens with um, you know with the Colts practice reports um, in in the same in the same vein you know like, like I said earlier it's it's kind of a running back week so uh, Mike Boone in Denver you know I he um, you know Melvin Gordon clearly started out as the starter but as the game went on Mike Boone kept getting more and more snaps and was um was definitely taking more of the early down work in the second half um again that was a train wreck of a game that one of the worst games I've ever watched yeah. <laughs> honestly for Thursday yeah. night football uh it it was I, I had to just go outside during part of it and was sad to find out that it was in overtime uh because it was so bad but um so it's it's not it's not the way that the Broncos want their offense to be running but you know, with Javante Williams out and Melvin Gordon just not, I mean, not really like, you know, maybe not seeming like he still has it. Um, you know, I, I, I think Mike Boone is, is still an in, in interesting uh, play there. So I do think there are options this week. Um, and they're, to me, very clearly divided on tiers. There's, you know, Ken Walker. Then there's Eno Benjamin. And then there's kind of the, you know, the, the scraps, as it were, about, um, you know, some uncertain back backfield situations, some less uh, less definitive injury news, um, and you know, but still, it's week six. You might be missing a you might be missing more than one running back. So there there are guys to reach for um, if if you need if you need a spot start. No, you you're definitely right there. Having there's a you know, it's an interesting week. Like I said, you have the, the tiers are, are clearly out there. You got the elite of the elite guys are kind of Walker. Benino Benjamin, then there's that third tier of, all right, you need a one-week fill-in or you need someone to monitor. There's even some of those names come out there. So it's a it's a real interesting spot on the waiver wire. But we're not done yet. We're going into now our streamers. We've already kind of hit on the tight end, so we don't need to go too much deeper. 
AJ loves Taysom Hill. I'm accepting that Taysom Hill is going to be a guy, and you're going to be starting him. And if you need someone extra, Hayden Hurst is a very, very good play this week. So I don't think we need to go too much deeper into the tight end streamers. We've kind of hit them at the early part of the show. But you're losing some different quarterbacks this week. You're losing Jared Goff, who you kind of have been starting at some point. You're losing Derek Carr, who some teams might have been starting. So if you are losing those quarterbacks and you know there may be even some injuries, Russell Wilson's dealing with an injury right now, so maybe he misses time. So if you have to replace the quarterback or you're just tired of playing the Russell Wilson game no matter what, do you have one or two names you're kind of monitoring for a streamer? It's Geno season. I mean, we've talked about it, but we, we've hit it with, with uh, you know, three-fifths of our uh, <laughs> of our waiver yeah. uh, recommendations for, for this week. Um, you know, the, the Seattle-Arizona game, um, I think there's going to be plenty of offense, not a ton of defense, and uh, Geno Smith has has lit it up. So, so to me, um, you know, five weeks – I mean, that's enough of a sample size for the season. So I'm willing to to buy in. I mean, if you know, if you were playing Jared Goff, burned you this week, and so there's always that chance, you know, and it's the same it's the same with Carson Wentz, who I think is another good streamer this week. Um, but I, I'm I, my my top would be Gino just because I think the matchup um and you know, just just go, you know, go with it until until the fairy tale ends. Yeah, I think he's a great play. He's supporting multiple receivers. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf have both been great. You're losing your starting running back, which, yeah, we we, we love Kenneth Walker, and that's going to be, I think he has a really good rest of the season. But who knows, maybe the first week back after that, after now getting, handing the keys to a rookie, maybe Pete Carroll eases his workload a little bit and throws involved Geno Smith a lot more. So I think he's a great play. He's Definitely someone I'm looking to start this week. I have some leagues where I'm going to need to replace a quarterback for various reasons. I'm absolutely going to be looking for Geno Smith. And then if you're in a complete desperation play, it goes in the same category of close your eyes and just look at the points at the end of the game. Carson Wentz, he plays the Bears. Not much more to say there. Uh, we, we've kind of t- said attack the Bears in any facet. You close your eyes because that interception he threw against Tennessee last week towards the end of the game, was one of the most ugly interceptions I've seen. Just a terrible, terrible decision late in the game there. But on the end, he's been consistent. He's getting about 20 points each and every week. Bears are an easy matchup to go against. They play on Thursday night, so you can do worse if you're in a if you're in a desperate pinch than going Carson Wentz's way. Yeah, yeah. the other thing about Carson Wentz, I mean, again, he can burn you at any time. And, you know, playing in, against Chicago, there's – there is a game script to where, you know, they, they may run the ball more, you know, maybe Brian Robinson, who again, uh, he, he doesn't qualify for, for, for this, uh, for kind of our criteria because he is over 50% rostered. But if Brian Robinson is available in your leagues, go get him. Uh, like we mentioned last week. Um, but you know, so there could be a lower point total against Chicago, but in games. So the first two games of the season, uh, Carson Wentz uh, scored, you know, over 28 points in um, in four point QB scoring and was, you know, right up there, you know, top top five QB. That was against Jacksonville and Detroit weeks three and four. He plays in his division and against two really good defenses in Philadelphia and, and Dallas um, or not not as in his division against both, but um, plays against two good defenses. Bad weeks. Tennessee, 
this past week has a great week this week playing Chicago again, not a great team. So I think that you can talk yourself into it, but um, I've probably already talked too much about Carson Wentz, Um, but just go for Gino and then take Carson Wentz if you have to. Yes, I completely agree. So we go back to the same thing. We talked all season about playing against Chicago. Does the same thing apply for defenses each and every week? We've said stream the defense that's playing the playing the bears. The commander's defense has not been good, but do you, are you still rolling with them if you need a streamer? Yeah, I, I, I think with um, just with a little bit more of the scarcity this week, a lot of the um, a lot of the teams that are on by are some of those lower rostered uh, defenses anyway. So if uh, there's there's not going to be a lot of of defenses that are dropped or defenses that um, you know those higher rostered ones that that are available, but um, I like Washington's defense. It didn't work out super well with Minnesota last week, but you know, and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll say if we get burned this week by Chicago again, then, then shame on me. Shame on you. Shame on you, Callan. I yeah. don't know. Oh, uh, I don't know about the fooling twice. Uh, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll shame you. Um, yeah, but you know, but the other, uh, the other option I like is, is I, I like new England, uh, going to Cleveland, um, you know, I think that Bill Belichick does really, really well against teams that um, can really just do one thing well. And I think that with the running game of of Cle- Cleveland, I do think that the Patriots can shut that down. And it'll be a question of whether or not Jacoby Brissett could beat them through the air. Um, so I, I, I think there are going to be opportunities for takeaways and um, and a low point total. Um, or you know, lo- low points allowed for New England. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I like Washington and New England as uh, as lower rostered, you know, under definitely under fifty percent uh, streaming options. I do definitely agree with you about the Washington one, just because it's Chicago. And going into the season anyway, we're all kind of excited about this Washington defense. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, so it's still a concern. But the Bears' offense has done nothing throughout the season to make me pivot away from that. So. Continue with the trend. Go off Washington. I'm concerned slightly about New England because their defense hasn't looked the same. They did just look great against Detroit, so maybe that is a sign of them turning things around. But Cleveland's offense isn't exactly the pushover that I thought it might be with Jacoby Brissett at the home. They've actually been a pretty good defense. I think if you need a desperation a streamer, they're perfectly fine. But uh, if I had to rank it, I'm definitely more excited about Washington's. But I think you can do a lot. You can definitely do worse in New England. But I don't have the same. High optimism, I would say, I guess, as you might with that. But, hey, it's it's bye weeks. You're going to need to play defenses. And we're probably spending too much time talking about defenses anyway. But good streaming options this week. It's a lot of, a, a lot of things to keep an eye on. So uh, that's going to do it for these sorts of players. But we wanted to get into a couple drop candidates because it is now that time. It is at the point now where we kind of need to start throwing some more names out there because it's been five weeks now and there's no more... Some teams can't afford to play the wait-and-see game, and there's two names that we've mentioned on previous shows, and we want to see where things still stand with that. So we'll start with the decision on everybody's mind. Allen Robinson. Are you at the point now where you're looking to drop Allen Robinson for one of those players that we've mentioned? Yeah, I'm done. Uh, I I think that you know this is as much of a Matthew Stafford thing um, and a Rams thing. but basically, you know, if, if if you're not Cooper Cup, um, you know, I, I'm I, it, they're hard to trust, honestly. Um, so I 
I, I do think that, uh, you know, there are two reasons that Allen Robinson to me is droppable is uh, first, you know, he hasn't been good quite simply. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, he's not getting the targets and he's not getting the production out of them. Um, and I, again, I think Matthew Stafford is just over targeting Cooper cup. I think it's hurting the Rams offense. Um, but for whatever reason, he is not, he, he's not looking Allen Robinson's way. Um, you've also got Odell Beckham, you know, who's whispering at, at a little bit of a comeback now, you know, in, in November, which, um, I mean, I, you know, he, he was with the Rams last season. He might, might be back. Um, but the other reason is that the Rams have a, have a week seven bye. So we'll be talking about this next week. And even if Allen Robinson has a decent game, you know, something similar to week two where he had a touchdown, you know, still, it was only on five targets. Um, he's Allen Robinson made his career on, on volume plays and, uh, you know, and that's kind of how he was kind of that back end wide receiver one for years in Chicago. Um, and I just, I don't think that's, I don't think that's his role in this offense. Um, I'm, I'm not saying he's washed, but I'm saying it's, it's not fitting yet. And he's going to be somebody that I'm not holding on to next week when we roll into week seven buys. So if I want to pick somebody up right now, then Robinson is definitely, uh, I I just got to say that he's droppable now. Yeah. I'm up to that point now too. And it's, it hurts. I, luckily I don't have him in too many leagues, but I was definitely interested in getting him, but yeah, we're at the point now where it's just too many weeks in a row. And the same can be said for me about Darnell Mooney. I'm fully out on that now. We've been kind of hoping that it, We've been saying how Bears is past couple weeks at least his targets are going up from three to five and six, but that's not something you can continue to hold up, hold on to, and hope for the upside. I don't think it's there. I don't think the Bears trust Justin Fields, and without a team that trusts a quarterback, their number one receiver is not going to be too productive for fantasy. So you can do you can move on from Darnell Mooney as well. It's just that that same point where you're. Stashing something that's probably not going to have as much upside as some of the options out there on the waivers. So same thing with Darnell Mooney. He's I'm ready to move on from him. So both of you are in desperation. If I had to choose between them, I probably would still hold off hope and hope and pray for Allen Robinson. But it, it, they're both very, very droppable at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, you know, you're holding on to names, especially, you know, if you're in 12 team leagues, you, you can't hold on much longer. Um, you know, the, the last person, person I'll mention is Kadarius Tony. I know that with all the stuff going on with New York, it's just begging for him to get healthy and become that top receiver. But again, if you're trying to win weeks and you're trying to have options, options on your roster, uh, I'm, I'm moving on from, from Kadarius Tony. Uh, I think he picked up, uh, a hamstring injury in his other hamstring this week. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just, it, he, he's just not worth clogging my roster right now. Yep. I completely agree. There's so much just negative about him. He's been practicing with the third string. He's been battling injuries. Yeah. The, the workload can be there if he gets healthy, but who's to even say that he's going to earn that workload. This doesn't seem like the giants trust him or want him to be that first round pick that they've, used on and this just something's off with the giants and him. I don't think the upside is fully there for him. I'm completely, he's an easy, easy drop candidate for me. Absolutely. All right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I guess before we fully wrap up, we had one more, I guess, looking ahead. We have, is there anybody 
on bye. I would know, if you're monitoring the bye weeks, people will drop, you know, like we mentioned, the Lions, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Titans are on bye. Is there any borderline players that if they get dropped because they're on bye, if you have a team that's competitive, that's three and one or, or four and one, five and oh, that you could stash a player? Is there anyone you were willing to stash on their bye week from most teams? Outside of the obvious names, but anyone on borderline who you'd put on this list? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just gonna whisper it though. I'm just gonna whisper that it's Josh Reynolds, and I don't really want want that to be true necessarily. But if you just have, if you're just so good, and you just want to check it out, just you know, he's uh, the last three weeks. Josh Reynolds has had ten targets, eight targets, ten targets. Yes, Amon Ra St. Brown has been out. But Jared Goff has been looking his way. So I'm just going to say that Josh Reynolds might be somebody to pay attention to when they come off by. Like it. I I kind of had him as a, someone I was keeping an eye on last week. And, you know, if St. Brown back, that puts a little pamper on his upside. But I don't think it's gonna enough to where he's anything. I think even when DJ Charkenham comes back, Reynolds has earned himself a role. It's similar to what we talked about with Rondell Moore and other guys who are just playing into the offense more than we expected. So, yeah, keep an eye out for Josh Reynolds. If he's available and you can afford to stash someone, I think he's right in that same conversation we had about Alec Pierce. So I'm definitely intrigued with that. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Cubulus Fantasy Football Podcast. Best of luck with your waiver wire parties. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Callan underscore Elslicker. You can find AJ on Twitter at... AJ, AJ Passman. Passman. Yep. Nice and easy. We like to make it simple for you guys to find us, but find the show on Twitter at VQB list. You'll find AJ's weekly article in terms of these guys and uh, your waiver priorities. You'll find any, everything off about our site. And as always outside of Twitter, come hop in our discord, go to QB list or pitcherlist.com and join get PL plus, And you can talk football, baseball, sports, life, anything of us, whenever you want. So it's a great community, lots of fun, and you know, you'll enjoy it. So like I said, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of QB List Podcast. Best of luck with your waiver priorities, and we will see you next week.